Hi everyone, I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we are the Terror Girls. And we are coming to you from the Cleveland Public Library Hoyle Sound Lab, recording our very first podcast. Yeah, we knew, we heard the calls of our fans on YouTube and Facebook, and we knew you wanted to hear a podcast. Maybe you can take it with you while you run or while you're in the car. And so Terror Girls are now coming to you from a podcast. Did, did people really request this or is this just us living our dream? It's us living our dream. <laughs> Regardless, if you are a family or friends, or if you really are a true Terror Girls fan, thank you for tuning in yeah. and joining us on our first podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a little different than Terror Girls in the studio, as we call it, um, on video. We want to bring in people who help us uh, create the Cleveland running community and interview them, talk to them about their running experiences, what has brought them to this point, and um, share that with you. Tara has been a great avenue into meeting some wonderful people in the running community here in Cleveland, and uh, we thought a Tara Girls podcast would be the best way to bring those interviews straight to you too. Yeah, so um, we thought, you know, who best to start with? Who should we interview first? And who who better than our very own Brittany Katz, um, the the owner of Terra Running Company, um, the one and only. Um, you know, I feel like people have questions about you. You know, they're you're a little you're, you're a little mysterious. Like, who is Brittany? I try to keep it a little mysterious. You know, <laughs> it's more like people come to the store, they look for Brittany, they want to they want to say hi. Um, and is she there? Is she upstairs? Is she in a different state? We don't know. Um, actually, she, she we probably do know where she is, but we're not telling you because everyone always needs Brittany, and uh, we have to keep some boundaries to get every anything done. I need to be out of the store sometime. So as yeah. much as I love the store and helping customers and seeing all of you, um, there's just a lot of people in and out of the running store and the coffee shop every day. So sometimes I need to hide up in my little office nest. No, it's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to interview you. You know, normally, normally this is our first episode, but moving forward, we envision us both interviewing um, people. But since I'm interviewing you today, it's going to be a little different than uh, normal tear girls. Well, what an honor. Thank you for yes, having me yes, uh, as the first guest. I, welcome, I really appreciate welcome it. Welcome to the Terror Girls podcast. <laughs> um, I'm your host, uh, Tiffany Skinner. Heard so much about you. <laughs> great, great. All right, no, uh, for real, we're gonna jump in. So, you know, we're keeping it running themed. So our first segment is called The Warm Up. So I'm gonna ask you a bunch of random innocuous questions. Awesome. For the people. Get us warmed up. Okay. What is your favorite food? Cookies. Freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Do you have a cookie that you don't like? No, there's no such thing. Okay, okay. Uh, sweet or salty? Always sweet. Okay. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be the ability to talk to animals. Um, I would like to be able to hold a real conversation with my dog, Rocky. Okay. <laughs> Do you think... Uh, would Rocky have, like, what would Rocky say? Um, I think he would be really happy and excited. Um, we, uh, he likes to go on walks, so I think he would ask me to go on walks. He would also very, be very demanding. Um, he would demand treats. He would demand I go to bed. At bedtime, he's very much a creature of habit. So he would probably try to tell me what to do. <laughs> that's that's fair. At least you'd be able to tell him when you got out of town what was happening. Exactly. I could tell him how many days till I get back. Yep. And yep, I could FaceTime him. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's enough justification for that superpower. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Book, movie, or nap? Ooh, it's a tie between a book and nap. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen Terror Girls before, you know I'm an expert sleeper. So I love napping, but I also love reading. So book and nap. Okay. Does your reading lead to a nap? Often, yes. Reading often leads to a nap. I love reading, and the time I want to read is in the evening. But literally, if it is like, honestly, if it's like past 7.30, which... I, I start to read and I'm out. Yeah, so, absolutely. So if if the ingredients are right, it's the right uh, darkness and I'm the right tiredness, reading will definitely turn into a nap. Okay, well, on that uh, note, what's the best TV show ever made? Parks and Recreation. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Leslie Nope. I think it's super funny and it's one of my go-tos. Okay, well, do you have a current book that you're reading? Yeah, um, always. I'm always reading a book and listening to a book. Um, sometimes I'm reading a fiction book and a nonfiction book. Um, <laughs> we're in the podcast studio and Tiffany just put on sunglasses. Guys, it's a little warm in here. Um, so we, we, we got a fan. It's blowing in your eyes. It's blowing straight into my eyes and I wear contacts. And my right contact is like actively drying out as we speak. Um, like might fall out of my eyeball. <laughs> Great. Okay. Okay. Um, that was a question. <laughs> Ooh, just like in the studio. Yep. Um, the question was best TV show ever made? Parks and Recreation. I'm a huge fan of Leslie Nope, and I think it's super funny. And yeah, I love Parks and Rec. That's my go-to. Excellent answer. That is also one of my absolute favorites. Um, are you currently reading any books? Always. So I usually read a fiction book, read a nonfiction book, and listen to an audiobook at the same time. I mean, not at the same moment, but at any given time, I'm in between multiple books. Um, so I just finished a really great memoir, which is one of my new favorite genres. It's called The Sound of Gravel. Um, and it's about a girl who escaped from a Mormon community with her siblings, and then she raised them, and it was really moving. Wow, that, sound, that actually sounds really good. I also love memoirs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay candy of choice um i want to say m&ms just like right off the top of my head i feel like if you live in cleveland you have to be a fan of m&ms do you have like a do you, is it like regular m&ms uh-huh. peanut, m&ms peanut butter pretzel? regular just like straight up classic okay good good answer um it's like in a game show good answer, good answer. <laughs> um okay we know you're a triathlete so bike run or swim mm. um i would say right now i'm i'm pretty into running you know, that's, that's good. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are that. times when I, you know, uh, you know, I can talk about this later, but there are times when I definitely go on some running breaks. I think that's healthy, but I am uh, pretty into running right now. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Last question, and then we're going to get into it. Mountains or beach? I'd have to say mountains. Nothing wrong with the beach, but I really think the adventures that you can have and the exploration mm-hmm. that you can do in the mountains is second to none live in the right place yep okay well again if people are listening to our very first terror girls podcast they probably are at least semi-familiar with who you are um but i i think people do want to know more about you um including like how did you get here um you're very involved in the community you own terror running you've won a lot of awards recently i'm sure you've won awards your whole life but you know recently here in the community you got the mel bebwell small business person of the year um for 2022 and you got the community first award um for philanthropy was that the beginning of this year or Mm, might have been the end of last last year year? from cleveland state yeah 
And uh, we also, as a store, just want a, a best running store. Lots, lots of stuff going on. Uh, you're also just very involved in the community. You're on the board for the Chamber of Commerce in Main Street, involved with Rotary here in town. Um, so yeah, questions about how did you get here? Like, are you from Cleveland? Have you lived in Cleveland your whole life? Or or where, where are you from? Yep. Um, so thank you for asking. Uh, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up there. I went to college at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Um, had never heard of Cleveland. Um, and yeah, I, I made it to Cleveland kind of a roundabout way through Atlanta. Um, but just I moved to Cleveland when I opened the store a little over six years ago. Okay, well then let's start. Let's start at the beginning. From Pittsburgh, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Tell us about your family. Yeah, what's what's, what's the story there? So I have a mom and a dad who are uh, my number one fans. Hi mom. Hi dad. I know we'll at least have two listens. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one because we'll do it together. But um, my parents still live in Pittsburgh, and so does my sister Alyssa and her husband Josh and my niece Adeline. Um, so that's my family, my Pennsylvania family. When I travel, eighty percent of the time it's back up to PA to see my family. So are you the oldest or youngest sibling? Oldest, definitely. Okay. Okay, age gap? Uh, about two and a half, three years. I don't know. Two and a half or three years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Do you, are, is it like obvious that you're the oldest child? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I guess I'm pretty bossy. Um, I definitely spent my childhood bossing my sister around and I also spoke for her. So my mom always tells us that when Alyssa was little, the pediatrician told my mom to keep me away from my sister because I would just answer for her. <laughs> so in any home video that that rings true for sure, Alyssa asked a question and I answer for her. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay, so this is a technically a running podcast. Mm -hmm. So did you enjoy running as a kid? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So I played soccer all the way up until eighth grade. And in middle school, I also started running cross country um, for my school. And my dad was a runner. I, he ran a marathon when I was young. And um, my first road race was called the Great Race, which is a really big 10K in Pittsburgh. I was in about seventh or eighth grade and I ran it with my dad. And at the time I had never run um, 6.2 miles before. So I remember my um, arms were very tired. I had little tiny spaghetti arms and holding them up for an hour was enough to make my arms tired. Um, so yeah, I've, I would say I always loved running. Um, I ran cross country middle school all the way through high school. And I was definitely not the fastest, but no one loved cross country more than me. I really loved running distance. That's awesome. Um, okay, yeah, I was going to ask you about your first race, but you already answered it. Um, did you have any kind of running inspirations as a kid? Mm -hmm. um, besides my dad, who was a runner, and that's who I definitely saw running most of the time. I was in high school pretty into professional runners as much as you could be back then. Um, there was no Instagram that you could follow your favorite pro runners. But um, I read some books and watched movies about Steve Prefontaine, like any high school runner at the time did. Um, and I had a picture a poster of Dina Castor, who was an American female distance runner on my wall. And I loved to, to read books by, um, by, yeah, by distance runners, about distance runners. That's awesome. Um, okay, so, you know, Tara Running is a run specialty store. Um, and there, it's kind of a, like a, a niche industry, if you, if you will. And, um, you know, we don't sell golf stuff. We don't sell tennis stuff. We don't sell basketball stuff. Like it's, it's running. Um, of course we help anyone that needs good shoes if they're on their feet all day, all that good stuff. Um, but it is a little bit of a niche industry. So I'm curious, what was your kind of introduction into that? Like whether that was jobs, races, volunteering, like how did that even get on your radar? Yeah. Um, yeah. Run specialty is pretty, um, specialty. Uh, there are 
are a little over a thousand run specialty stores in the country. Um, so any city you go to, you may find a handful of run specialty stores. But yeah, we're not a sporting goods store. It is pretty, um, pretty niche. So I started working at a run specialty store when I was in high school in Pittsburgh, um, a store called Running Wild that isn't there anymore. But I have worked in run specialty now for most on and off for most of my adult life. Um, so I worked at Running Wild through high school and through college. And that was kind of my intro to to the industry. Nice. Um, okay, so I guess I'm curious because, like, I don't envision you graduating high school and then just being like, I'm going to open a running store. Um, I'm curious about the time in between because also right now you're still in Pittsburgh. So how did you get to the South, to Cleveland in particular, and how did you go from run, you know, what would, I'm, I don't think that's a degree in college. No, um, so, <laughs> running stores are yes, not a degree. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess I'm curious, like, how did you go from just, you know, working as this high school job um, to magically ending up in the South and owning a store? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, definitely not magic through lots of um, different steps that my life has taken me. My young adult life has taken me on many twists and turns. Um, I got my undergrad degree from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh in journalism. Uh, I thought at the time I wanted to work for a newspaper. So I was doing a lot of after school programs with kids during my undergrad in college and I really loved it. I loved working with elementary, middle school kids. And so when I graduated, I decided to look for master's degrees in education. Um, I wanted to go somewhere different because at the time I had lived in Pittsburgh all my life and I ended up going to Emory University in Atlanta to get my master's in teaching. Um, after that, I got a teaching job in Fulton County, Georgia, where I taught seventh and eighth grade reading and language arts, and I loved it. I still keep in touch with a lot of the teachers that I worked with. It was a great first job. Um, while I was there, I got my educational specialist degree from Georgia State University in educational leadership. Um, but like many teachers, you know, I was pretty burnt out after a few years and knew I needed either a break um, from teaching or to try a different school. And my husband at the time had been in the rent specialty industry um, through consulting. And so we decided to move to Blue Ridge, Georgia um, and open um, a running and outdoor store called Terra Outfitters. Um, and this was in 2014-ish. Um, and uh, yeah, Blue Ridge was a great place to live. Um, really cool atmosphere. You talk about mountains. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's the place to be. Um, soon after we opened the store in Blue Ridge, I got in touch with some people who knew um, the guys from Scott's Bikes in Cleveland. And Scott's is a long-standing bike shop here in Cleveland that's been here since the 70s. And they had a space next to them for rent, which was the original Scott's building, if you're familiar with Cleveland. And they were looking for a complimentary business to move in there and kind of, you know, so they could work together. And so we started looking at Scott's and the building next to them and other retail spaces in Cleveland and doing our research on Cleveland and decided to open um, Terra Running Company in Cleveland uh, about eight months after Terra Outfitters opened. And so we had two stores for about a year and a half, and that was tough. If you're familiar with the geography of this area, Blue Ridge and Cleveland aren't super far from each other as the crow flies, but it's a tough drive. Um, culturally, they're pretty different. Um, we were building communities in two separate places, which was tough. 
Um, in 2017, we bought the building downtown where Terra Running Company is now. And I knew that I couldn't be as spread thin as we were at the time. So we closed to the Blue Raider store and completed renovations on the downtown building, moved Terra Running Company into the downtown building in 2018 and opened the coffee shop right next door. So by 2018, we were in downtown Cleveland with Terra Running Company and the coffee shop. That's awesome. So that that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of that was a lot of years, a lot of things happening. And we skipped over the most important part of your life, which was adopting your dog Rocky. Absolutely. Tell us about Rocky. I when did you get him? Would love to. Um, Rocky is my best friend and he has been for ten years. I adopted Rocky from the Atlanta Humane Society in twenty twelve and he was just three and a half months old. Oh, he so was a little. wild little <laughs> baby. Um, and 10 years later, he's still wild. Um, he's a little bit bigger, uh, but he is my bud. He is a really great companion and um, he's a chow mix kind of, but mostly just like a little black mutt with lots of uh, gray on his little eyebrows and his little his little chin now, but he's, he's still my bud. We love to, um, run and walk together and he's very playful um, even at 10 years old. If you um, missed Brittany's acceptance speech for the Mel Bedwell Small Business Person of the Year Award, which go back and find it on Terry Girls on YouTube, um, she thanks uh, Rocky in it and it's pretty great. Yeah, people like giggled when I was like, I would like to thank my dog Rocky. This is at some big fancy acceptance speech lunch. And uh, I said, I'm really sad he can't be here because he's a dog. And people laughed. And I thought, no, I'm serious. Like, I would have brought him. (laughs) You might have even said it. Yeah. (laughs) You might have even told everyone, I'm serious. Stop laughing. This is not a joke. (laughs) Rocky's great. Yeah. We've become pals, too. He's very, very sweet. He's a bud. Okay. So there's more to the store than just, you know, selling shoes, right? Um, There's also this part of the business uh, that's race timing. It's timing races. So can you tell us when that started and kind of how that came about? Yeah. So when we opened in Cleveland, um, you know, part of the mission of Terra Running Company is to get people inspired to run, keep them in the sport, um, get them training for something and yeah, remain active. And at the time, uh, there were a lot of races that had been um, mistimed or mismeasured and we were people's running friends. They would come in and tell us all the time about how they were so disappointed that they had trained for this 10K or this half marathon and it wasn't executed well. And um, we saw an opportunity to help improve that part of the sport. um, And that really inspired us to invest in race timing equipment. So we are the only company in the Southeast Tennessee that uses um, Corona Track race timing equipment, which is really top of the line and one of the best um, programs there is out there. We put on some of our own races at Terra Running Company, including the Cleveland Half Marathon, the Thanksgiving Day 5K, and the Summer Sizzler Race Series. But we are also subcontracted by organizations all over the area to time and help manage parts of their fundraising events to help them be successful. All right you go to a lot of places for these races, do you have any funny stories? Mm-hmm. Maybe like a really great moment, maybe a terrible moment, or just something funny that happened. One of my favorite memories of race timing was timing a 5K at a pumpkin farm in Athens. And there were all these barn cats and they were just they were just kitties. They were so sweet. And they would come out and sit on the timing boxes and want us to pet them, but they were kind of like wild. So when you would go to pet them, they'd get scared and run away. But I have some really cute pictures of these cats just like hanging out around the finish line on the timing boxes. Um, 
Another great memory is we timed a race in Murphy, North Carolina for a hospital. And one of the exciting things they had after the race was a life light helicopter came and landed. Well, our arch is um, inflatable. And so we had to, me and the other timer that came with me, had to hug the side of the arch to hold it up as the helicopter was landing. And we ended up having to just lay it on the ground because the helicopter landed so close and it almost ripped our sent our you know our inflatable arch into the air <laughs> that would have that would have been the site yeah yeah um so any anything that uh went terribly wrong um no thankfully we're we've got this pretty well-oiled machine um i have some employees that come with me and do race timing um and they have gotten really good at it so nothing horrible uh the cleveland half marathon in 2019 was a really hard day um the greenway here in cleveland is a floodplain, and so when it rains it's supposed to flood and uh it did its job in 2019 <laughs> it rained really hard and the greenway flooded um, we had to switch up the course last minute to make it a two loop downtown course to avoid the parts of the greenway that were flooded and that was very stressful um just because it's a last minute decision and races are high stress anyway um but it went fine and no one got hurt and uh, no one washed away in the flood. So that's great. Success. It's great. Okay. So I guess kind of we're getting, you know, up to 2022, which is when we're recording this. But um, talk to me about what it was like having the store during COVID because, I mean, it's a small business in a small town. It's a retail store and it also is races, which is a lot of people, two things that kind of really took a hit during that time. I can even remember, you know, before I worked at Tara, being like, oh, gosh, I hope they don't go out of business because mm-hmm. <laughs> I like having a running store in my town. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Tell us about that experience mm-hmm. and what that was like. Um, my most vivid memory is that first week in March when everything kind of started to shut down. We lost three races in one day. Three organizations called me and said, you know, our board has spoken and we, we are afraid and we need to cancel our race. Um, and that was it. Um, race timing dried up immediately. There were no events. Um, and so that was pretty scary. You know, I have a lot invested into the race timing equipment and that's a big part of our business. And so there was no telling when that was coming back. And that was kind of just the the pervasive feeling for a long time, for months, that it was just the unknown. Um, you know, one day we would find out we had to close um, the restaurant had to close or then, then the retail store had to close. I had to lay people off with no real end in sight, no real um, answers as far as how long this would go on. Um, one great thing that came from it was the awareness of the importance of small businesses. I've been singing this tune and screaming into the wind for years about the importance of small businesses to a local economy and a community. And I think COVID really brought that to light for people who maybe hadn't thought of that before. Um, They had the same thought. Well, I love that little grocery store. I love that place where I get ice cream or that running store. I hope they make it. And the only way they're going to make it is if we all choose to support them. So that's a really great awareness that's come out of COVID that, um, yeah, wasn't definitely wasn't there before. Um, And hopefully that continues. The people keep remembering um, as we move on from this that the local stores around them need support. Yeah, no, absolutely. Did you all do anything different creative during that time? Did you just kind of like buckle down and hope that it would end soon? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everything we had 
our business model kind of got thrown out the door. Right. Um, so at first we couldn't justify keeping the restaurant open, the, the dining area and the coffee shop. And so we had one barista at a time and we were just serving drip coffee from the running store. And then I couldn't justify having a person there. So I would work in the coffee shop for about a week. I worked in the coffee shop from open till close. Um, then when restaurants were asked to shut down, um, we were just in the running store and I had one person in the running store. Uh, we heavily invested in our website at that time. We weren't selling online at all before that. And during the shutdowns of COVID, I hired a company to take all of our inventory and, and put it online as well. Um, so we kind of pivoted in that direction. I wanted to give my employees ways to work so I could pay them. So I worked with my friend Andrea who owned Carol Printing Company and we made some Cleveland t-shirts, sold them on our website and um, had our employees there kind of um, categorizing the sales uh, and delivering them. <laughs> so we hired our people to do what we could um, just so we could keep them working. Um, and that was really successful. We were able to raise a lot of money um, for tornado relief at the time. There was a tornado soon after the COVID shutdowns in April 2020. Um, and so we raised thousands of dollars for the United Way um, for the tornado relief right here in Cleveland. So cool things like that came out of COVID that we were able to be creative and do other things. But it was a very scary and um, unknown time because we didn't know how long this was going to last and how long we were going to be uh, forced to close and, and what that was going to look like. Yeah. Wow. 2020. Mm -hmm. yeah. I almost forgot about the tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It was tough. <laughs> it really was. Okay. Well, I'm going to, we're going to wrap things up talking about Tara and then I want to hear a little bit more about you and, and race races that maybe you're, you're doing right now, but anything, what's next for Tara? Um, yeah, I guess just, just tell us the state of Tara. Yeah. Your vision for it. Um, well, uh, Tiffany, you joined our team about a little over a year ago, and that has been so good for Tara. We have a super good team right now, um, and we are only as good as the employees that we have. Um, and so that's a very important part to me is keeping a strong team um, who are all very customer service focused, like I want us to be. Um, what's next for Tara is continuing to do what we do really well right where we are. Um, there is so much more potential for what we can do right here in Cleveland and Southeast Tennessee. Um, and so I'm excited to keep perfecting our craft and reaching new people, inspiring them to get active in different ways. Awesome. Okay, I'm pivoting. We're talking more about you. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the races that you run, uh, that you have run? Mm -hmm. Tell us, we want to know your, your, your best race, your worst race. Cause I know you're currently training for a marathon. Correct? Yes. So last year I did, uh, my first half Ironman. I started kind of dabbling in triathlon last summer with an Olympic distance and then did a 70.3 in Augusta last fall. Um, and I loved it. It was great, super different, um, very hard, um, but a really good challenge for me. Uh, and now I'm training for the Erie PA marathon, um, up in Erie, uh, that I'll be doing on September 11th. Um, and that's my first marathon in like 11 or 12 years. Um, when I was in college, I ran four marathons in three years and then I haven't run one since. So I was busy doing all those other things. Yeah, there was <laughs> a lot know? there. Yeah, but I, you know, when I kind of counted the years, I was shocked and needed to sign up for one and kind of challenged myself to do that again. Um, it's been super different because 
I'm totally different. Like I'm an adult, <laughs> not 19. And uh, the racing is different. The training is different. I'm having to remind myself constantly not to compare what I'm doing now to what I was doing then. Um, so yeah, it's been fun and and a challenge. I'm signed up for the Chattanooga 70.3 in May. Um, so I guess I'll be continuing this triathlon thing a little longer. Okay. so. What was training like 10 years ago mm -hmm. and what is training like now? Well, you? first of all, there were no GPSs. Um, I ran with a watch. Um, no, one had, no one had a GPS or if you did, it was a big computer on your on your arm um, and it beeps all the time. So I never had a GPS and, and no one did. Um, and there were I, I took goose. So for my nutrition, I took about a gel every five miles or 45 minutes because I was running about nine minute miles, which is faster than I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, it was totally different. I was young and super little and could just like run really far, pretty fast. I don't, I don't remember like having any kind of nutrition issues or shoe issues or blisters or chafing. I don't know. I, I didn't know how good I had it. I was just like <laughs> little and fast and didn't know any better. No, no care. Yeah. No cares at yeah, all. Yeah, sure. I'll do a marathon. Yeah. Sure. I'll do another one. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So what does training look like now then? Um, I'm older and slower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I like have compression socks and fancy shoes and you know I have to wear these shirt and kind of shorts so they don't chafe and you know I've been working on like trying to find the right bra so the band doesn't chafe me and I get a heat rash on my inside of my elbow when it's hot I mean all of these things I'm like Ugh. I should have kept doing marathons like back when I was young and didn't know anything I know my pace down to the second you know I know my GPS I have to like finish around whole numbers all of these things that, like were not issues 10 years ago 12 years ago so, um, yeah, it's been different. And I and again, like I said before, I'm just really having to not not compare myself to previously because I have accomplished a lot in those 10 years, um, one of which was not getting faster. So that's OK. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely great. I have the uh, benefit of not having done a lot of races when I was younger. Um, so, you know, yeah, this is it. You don't know any better. Yeah, this is the fastest like, wow, you've been. This is yeah. great. <laughs> This is great. Okay, well, what's the best piece of training advice um, that you've ever, like, read, heard, received? Yeah, just a good piece of training advice mm -hmm. that you kind of think about a lot. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, advice I give myself. Oh, you can credit me for this. Okay, great. Um, I really think about nutrition and, um, and recovery as, let's say, I'm doing triathlon, like the fourth sport. If I'm swimming and biking and running, I need to think about my nutrition recovery just as much as I'm thinking about any of those three. Um, I can I can easily skip meals. I can easily um, not stretch, and it will catch up to me now. Um, so in this marathon training cycle, I have really tried to think about eating and stretching just as much as I'm thinking about my runs. Um, and that has kept me basically injury free, but I know that I am a little bit older than I was when I was training last. So it's something that I really have to keep on my mind now. I wanna make sure I'm eating enough. I wanna make sure I'm getting enough protein. Um, and I wanna make sure that I'm stretching and drinking water. That's good. Okay, well then what's your favorite post-run snack mm. or refuel? Yep. Um, I'm usually, that's a struggle for me. I'm not hungry when I finish. I have trouble eating. 
Um, I really like having a noon ready for me. Um, I like having a noon in the fridge. So when I get back, it's been pretty hot. I have a cold noon that I can drink. Um, I like so salty electrolytes right away. Um, and then I really like Dos Bros. Um, yes. Cover it in queso and that will make me eat meat. Like I, I don't, I like meat, but I, I would just have trouble eating it after I'm running. And so if I can like cover it in cheese and have lots of different mm-hmm. flavors, yes. I, I downed some Dos bros last week after my long run um you just adding protein and salt right you know? exactly exactly <laughs> okay well do you have any kind of like fun stories from any races that you've done as in like maybe um something that was funny that happened maybe mm-hmm. your worst mistake on a race mm-hmm. i don't know just like a just a memory for the people yeah for the people, for the people. um so my last marathon that I ran was Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. And apparently you run past a bunch of monuments, but I don't remember seeing any monuments. <laughs> it was my fastest marathon. Um, I almost broke four hours. It was right awesome. at four hours and seconds. Um, but I, um, yeah, I was pretty focused on my pace. And I had done three marathons previously, so I kind of knew what to expect. But I was pretty focused on my pace and my nutrition, and I was eating at Cliff Block. And I remember um, there was a little out and back section at about mile 22, and I was eating a Cliff Block, and I dropped it. And I immediately started crying. (laughs) And I didn't stop running. I was running slowly, but I was crying and crying. And mile 22 of a marathon just feels like you have an eternity left. And I don't know if that was my last cliff block or I just was fragile at that point. But I (laughs) cried for miles, miles and miles. Um, And yeah, that was that was pretty dramatic. I don't think I've ever finished a marathon or a long race without crying. Crying is it's part of it. Yeah. I didn't cry after the half Ironman, but um, yeah, if you're running hard, you know, you leave it all out there. I often just well up with emotions. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's pretty, I think that's a pretty normal experience yeah. for most runners. Have you uh, seen that? Um, I think it's a TikTok or an Instagram reel of this girl that is running a race. I don't know if it's a marathon or a half or I, I'm sure it's a distance race. And her mom is on the sidelines trying to give her like probably cliff blocks. It kind of looks like a, a long thing. And, and <laughs> the, the daughter's running past her and they miss the handoff and the, the mom <laughs> throws it at her. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's, it's great. You, really? Yeah, you got I'll show you after. You guys need to look it up. I don't know how you search that, you know, it's a reel <laughs> or a TikTok, but missing just really captured that energy of like, you know, crying, dropping. Yeah. Crying. Missing nutrition can be the difference between a good race and a bad race. So, oh, yeah, I totally understand it. Me and my cliff block left at mile 22. We get it. Yeah. Yep. You get it. Yep. Okay, we're almost there, but um, do you do you like to listen to podcasts on your own, music? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to listen to the Terror Girls podcast yes. on my run. Yes, um, I usually start out with podcasts. Um, I like to listen to books on my run. Okay. Pretty into audiobooks these days. And then as I get less focused, I say more in a caloric deficit, I just listen to music yep. because I'm not able to focus on anything. What's mm-hmm. your, like, go-to artist? Mm, well, it's really just this workout mix okay. on Spotify. Yep. It's just called workout and I know the songs pretty well now so I like mm-hmm. songs that I like I can kind yeah, of hum yeah. along with yep that's good that's good all right we are at our final segment we're calling it the last lap um, I know we're so clever um, okay Brittany what is a piece of advice that you would give a brand new runner a seasoned runner 
and someone who doesn't run. So three, mm-hmm. three different pieces of advice. Okay. A brand new runner, be okay with not being great. Um, most people who do anything are not going to be the expert in it or the professional at it. And there has been so much I have learned from sports or hobbies or things in business that I have had to do poorly for a long time before I was even okay at them. And so I think there's a lot to learn in that medium portion. Um, A seasoned runner. it's okay to fall out of love with running. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot in the store that people come in and they're embarrassed that they haven't run in months or that, you know, life got in the way. That happens to everyone all the time. I think to do something as strenuous as running for so many years, there's naturally going to be times, months, maybe years that you fall out of love with it and it's not part of your daily life and that's totally fine. That doesn't mean you're not a runner and that doesn't mean you won't do it again. Um, There were times in my life where I didn't run for months at a time Um, and now I'm back running marathons again. So I definitely think taking a break from it and not loving it to death is what can keep you in the sport for a long time. That's good. All right, what about someone who doesn't run at all? Um, it's not that intimidating. I think we, our bodies are made to run. Mm -hmm. It's not something you need much equipment for. And, um, it's just like walking, but a little bit faster. And so if you're interested in getting into running, go for a walk and see if you can run to the end of the block. Um, you know, there are a lot of people we've met through the store that, Um, never thought they'd run a day in their life, didn't know anyone else who ran as a hobby. And now it's really a great part of their lives. And so it's, anyone can do it. There is not, um, there's not a reason that, that you also can't be a runner if you want. Yeah. All right. Last question. Mm -hmm. What is a piece of advice that you would have given yourself 10 years ago? So, so you're talking to yourself from 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. What's a piece of advice you're giving younger Brittany? Younger Brittany, you can do way more than you think you can. Um, I have run into situation after situation over the past 10 years where I am surprised by what I can do. Um, So I would tell younger Brittany, uh, in 10 years, you're going to own a running store all by yourself and you're going to have a great team around you and you're going to be running a ton and have great friends in a great community. And you're only going to be able to do that because of what you decided to do and the people you allowed to surround yourself with. So you can do way more than you think, young Brittany. <laughs> it's like a Yoda. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I think that's applicable for all of us. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? No, I'm really excited. Thanks for having me as the first guest wow. on the Terra Girls welcome. podcast. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. We, we have been talking with Brittany Katz, owner <laughs> of Terra Running Company in Cleveland, Tennessee, and also half of the Terra Girls duo. Yep. So we will be back. Um, check us out on Facebook and YouTube for the Terra Girls uh video show which is what started it all mm-hmm. um but yeah let us know what you think about this podcast like share comment that's what people say at the end of yep. podcasts so i don't know <laughs> subscribe give, give us a rating <laughs> <laughs> only if it's five <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't know. We'll get better at this. We promise. <laughs> we will. But we're also, uh, you know, we've got people in mind that we're excited to interview. But if you also know someone in the area that's been an inspiration um, and you think would be great to have on this uh, podcast, let us know because um, we want to bring you good content and, and get to know some really awesome people um, in our community. Great. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terror Girls. See and you soon. Yeah. Bye, guys. Terror Girls Podcast is brought to you by Terror Running Company in downtown Cleveland, Tennessee. Come visit us at the corner of Ocoee and First Street. We would love to see you. And also a huge shout out to the Cleveland Public Library for just having such amazing resources available to the public. And of course, we would be remiss without giving a shout out to Keisha, the coolest librarian ever, for getting us set up and on our way in our podcasting journey. Until next time, everyone, happy running!